You're listening to 89.5 FM KOPN Columbia, Mid-Missouri's source for in-depth news, diverse talk and music of the world. It's not just radio, it's community radio on the web at kopn.org. And this is Speaking of the Arts. Good morning and welcome to Speaking of the Arts on KOPN, an hour of news, views and interviews on the arts in mid-Missouri. And I'm Diana Moxon. On today's show, we talk about the imminent National Novel Writing Month and the art of novel writing with local author and photographer Art Smith. And later in the show, Shauna Johnson, the Executive Director of Access Arts, joins us in the studio along with Shannon Soldner and Josh Oxenhandler to talk about their big fundraising Celebrity event, which takes place next week but first hello art good morning <laughs> are your fingers itching to get started on your next novel they are i've been <laughs> been planning this one since about the beginning of may and, and okay. <laughs> it, it's wanting to come out <laughs> so national novel writing month or nanorimo mm-hmm. as it's called um takes place every november and it's a national 501c3 nonprofit organization which started life in san francisco in the bay area in 1990 They state their mission as believing in the transformational power of creativity. They say that they provide the structure, community and encouragement to help people find their voices, achieve creative goals and build new worlds, both on and off the page. And what a it, lofty sentiment. <laughs> it is. And, you know, it's amazing when you look at the list of regions on their website and see how truly global this event is. It's all across Africa, Asia, Australia, Europe. I looked in my home county of Lancashire and there were 1,900 people uh-huh. uh, competing or taking part there. There are 1,000... 187, I think, in Colombia, and almost oh, two two thousand two hundred ninety eight elsewhere in Missouri. So, how did you get involved? Um, I got involved uh, actually through some friends who were doing it. it. It seems like everybody finds out about it through word of mouth, uh, and some friends that I had had met uh, when I had my photography studio, and and. They were talking about it, and I had kind of heard of it, but never knew anything about it. So I, I signed up to do it one year. Uh, that was a number of years ago. This is my ninth year doing it. And uh, within two or three years, I was uh, what they call a municipal liaison, which is the local coordinator, mostly because I had that big studio space. So we did a lot of write-ins in the studio. Right, your old photography studio on Broadway. Right. Yeah, that was huge. So I kind of got involved, and I've been doing it ever since. So. And were you writing beforehand? Was this something you'd always wanted to do? I, I've always enjoyed writing, and I, I think almost everyone, if you ask them, have you ever thought, you know, one day I'd like to write a novel? Everyone says yes. Everyone's thought about, about anyone who reads has thought about writing a book. And and one of the, the great ad campaigns that NaNoWriMo has, has done is, is their goal is to be the end of the one-day novel. <laughs> We're not going to do it one day. You're going to do it in November. In a month. Yeah. It is amazing. So you're a volunteer municipal liaison. What uh-huh. does that mean exactly? What do you do? Um, mostly what we do is organize any local events that, that take place that are associated with it, kind of help promote it, things like, like this, and manage there there's a regional forum where people can post comment threads and and do things so you kind of monitor that answer questions as they come up 
just kind of serve as a in-between from the very small staff that actually runs NaNoWriMo to the all of the writers out there. You're kind of the local clearinghouse. Yeah. I, I read um, somewhere, I think there was an article in CNN in 2016, where 10 writers who didn't know each other from around the world, they had rented a castle in the south of France as you know this kind of inspirational venue for them uh-huh. to write in. And then they just all kind of settled in for a month and split the costs and uh, wrote their, <laughs> their Sounds novels. Sounds delightful. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any castles in Colombia uh, around Missouri? There <laughs> not that I know of there there are other writing groups in in Columbia that do it I know the Columbia branch of the Missouri uh, novelist group uh, has monthly write-ins that they do Uh, and and we have several write-ins a week during November uh, for our authors in various places and then a lot of us kind of informally keep them going for a while after November. And so. when you say a write-in, you mean you all gather in one room? Right. Like, we, or the library or somewhere, and you're all sitting there frantically the scribbling away. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Laptopping these days, not yeah. scribbling. <laughs> Does anybody still do it longhand? A few, yeah. <laughs> There's always a few who, who do it longhand, but most, most use laptops these days. And would you? are we productive here in Columbia? You gave me some figures We're on... <laughs> phenomenally productive. Columbia... Typically, it has about 2,000 people who sign up on the website. It has about 200 people every year, 185 or so, who actually start a novel, who actually commit and start doing it. And with just those 200 people out of the 400,000 who participate every year in NoRamo, we write about one word out of every thousand that's written. Globally? Yes. One out of every thousand words written globally yeah. is written in Colombia. Yeah. Last year, they, they wrote about three and a half billion words total, global. And Colombia had, I think, about 3.8 million wow. words written. So it, it's a, a phenomenally productive group. They, they do list some impressive numbers on their website. So they say in 2017 to 18, there were 972 people like you, volunteer municipal liaisons, who supported 460,469 participants on six continents, and that there were 34,214 completed drafts mm-hmm. in November. They say, and there's an article in Publishers Weekly where they say that NaNoWriMo currently lists 449 traditionally published novels that began as projects uh, within National Novel Writing Month. And at least 80 of those books ended up at the big five publishers. Mm -hmm. So what did you learn about the writing process from doing this? Oh, it's been a learning experience every year. Certainly the writing has improved every year from doing it. I keep learning more about plot and character and setting and all, all of the components that go into it. And just it's like anything, the more you practice it, the better you get at it. So it does that. And then this this last year, I actually finally decided after eight attempts that I had something that was worth pursuing a little further, and I went ahead and self-published it. So that was a whole new learning experience. So that was, this is the first book you've published. I wondered if yeah. you had done other... No, no, this is the first. So in the previous eight years, when you were writing, mm-hmm. what, what was the process in November? Like you got so many words done. Because I think that the target is 50,000 words. 50,000 words during the month. Uh, so you have to write an average of 1,667 words every day. And that is every day of the month. Um, so, And that's about four pages of yeah, letter paper, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, 
and you know, some days you're not going to write. You know, Thanksgiving comes, you're not going to write because you're you're doing other things. Things happen, so that means you got to get some days that you write five thousand, ten thousand words. So. You, you do a lot of planning beforehand. You can do as much preparation work as you want as long as you don't actually write any words that appear in the book. And then we always have a kickoff event on Halloween evening starting at 10 o'clock and people show up in costumes and, and all and we socialize for a couple hours and then right at the stroke of midnight all the laptops come out and people start <laughs> writing so try and get that first day in before you go to bed and you pretty well divorce yourself from the world for the month of November because any free time you have you're going to be spending writing so in past years prior to you producing your novel had you written the 50,000 words and you just weren't happy with them at the end of it or yeah. had you so yeah, you'd, you'd hit the target every I, year I, I missed one year the, the year we we moved from one house to another and moved in on halloween life was too chaotic and i i only got about thirty thousand words that year yeah. i i have eight successes or seven successes out of eight years and did you what did you do with all those words did you abandon them or did you go yeah. back and look at them <laughs> <laughs> there's one that i might go back and revisit because i i thought it it had promise and I may go back and, and edit it but the others they were great learning experiences and and that's really all I approach nano as I, I don't pretend I'm going to get a great novel out of out of it each year if I do that's wonderful but it's it's a learning experience going back to that publishers weekly article I talked about there there were some quotes in there from people who had um, taken part or, or publishers actually and they say people who stick with NaNoWriMo year after year are going to get better at their craft if you're only dribbling and drabbling your words and take 10 years to finish a single book you might never be able to traditionally publish so this way you know you're, you're, you're pushing it out into the world and uh, they say you know writers can get hung up on the idea that one day they'll write these books and this is a kick in the pants <laughs> yeah, exactly it really is it, a lot of studies have come out recently that show that almost anything that you do it takes about 10,000 hours to get good at it it's the you've Beatles got to, you've got to do it for 10,000 hours whether it's playing an instrument or learning how to cook or, or whatever so you, you, you just got to put in the practice you know how do you get to Carnegie Hall practice 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 <laughs> right. and, and so that's what what NaNoWriMo really provides is is here's your chance to to spend a month and crank out 50,000 words and at the end of it you're going to be a better writer than you were at the beginning so on the 1st of December do you do you keep going do you think I'm going to write my 1,667 words today or do you think oh, I'll have a couple of weeks off <laughs> generally a couple of weeks off some years I'm really close to the end of the story. I've made my 50,000 words, but I haven't finished the story. Um, and so I'll, I'll tend to keep writing to get to the end of, of the story. There have been some years that I hit the, uh, the end of the month and the story wasn't done, and I was done. <laughs> the story wasn't going to be done. But... So so the novel that you wrote last year during National Novel Writing Month is called Uncommon Council, mm-hmm. um, which involved uh, kind of a superhero, um, which was one of the themes for 2017, was write about superheroes, and, and a lot of uh, whispering voices, let's say. So give us a synopsis of the book. The book is about a defense attorney in Colorado who suffers from schizophrenia and is... He's a very successful person in spite of this, but he wrestles with that and also with um, his psychiatrist's therapy for it, which is not necessarily meeting his needs. Um, He also has a couple of advisors that may or may not be 
voices in his head, a couple of stellar J's that that provide him with information, which is helpful, and guide him. So it's kind of up to the reader whether that's a fantasy element or, or part of the schizophrenia. Um, it's funny you mentioned it as a superhero. The inspiration for that, and, and I kind of expanding globally for other writers, the inspiration was actually a friend who has schizophrenia who is commenting that all of the depictions of the disease in any media, movies, books, whatever, uh, universally get it wrong. They don't don't describe it accurately. And 90% of the time, the character is a murdering villain um, out to destroy the world. And the other 10%, they're either uh, a victim or they're comic relief. Right. And, and just once they wanted to read a story where the hero had schizophrenia. So that was my, my challenge. That was where I wanted to go with it. So, so yeah, our, our, uh, he's called Rip Taylor, our hero, and mm -hmm. he has a lot of issues. He has paranoid <laughs> schizophrenia. Uh -huh. He has, I had to look this up, tardive dyskinesia, mm -hmm. which is kind of a, t a series it, it, of tics. It's a side effect of the, of the medication. It's okay. common with a lot of the, the heavy-duty psychotropics, particularly the older ones. He, he has a lot of voices, some of which are very unpleasant and yell at him. He sees disembodied eyes and mouths on walls and smooth, blank surfaces. Mm -hmm. He struggles usually through a mental fog, probably because of the drugs he's on. Mm -hmm. And he has a bit of a phobia about birds of prey. And then, yes, he's also a defense attorney, which uh, is difficult in and of itself. And I, I wondered, have you, how much of you is in the book? How much is people around you? How much have you drawn on your own personal experience when you're writing the book? I, I think every author writes about themselves in, in the book to, to some extent. I mean, uh, none of the particulars are, are me. I have depression, as, but not... You know other mental illnesses, but the and I'm certainly not an attorney. Uh, <laughs> but the there are a lot of aspects of, of your philosophy and, and your approach to, to life that are inevitably going to come out. I've I've had some people who have read it who have said, "Oh yeah, I could tell." I could right hear you section, in the book. That was art, <laughs> right? <laughs> So when you sat down to write the book on November the 1st last year, mm -hmm. how much was already in your head? Because you go into a lot of detail. You talk about um, the law profession. You give psychiatric reports that are written, as I would imagine a psychiatric report is written with a lot of detail and medication. It seems like there's a lot of research there that is. you probably don't have time to do during the month that you're creating no, the book. No, you, you, you don't. If, if you're doing something that has a lot of research like that, that's what the months beforehand are for. Uh, I generally spend about six months prepping for it. So I, I did a lot of research on that one on the laws, particularly in Colorado, because there, there are issues that were specific to the state that had to come up. And a lot of learning about schizophrenia, a lot of talking with with both this friend who has it and another friend who's a clinical therapist, they help me a lot with the formatting of the, the psychological reports in it. So there, there's a lot of prep work that, that goes in beforehand if that's your style of writing. But I don't want to scare people off from starting in two weeks because they only have two weeks to prepare. NaNoWriMo likes to, to say some people are planners and some people are pantsers because <laughs> they do it by the seat of their pants. Um, and a lot of a lot of the writers are are pantsers. They they go in and and you know two days before they don't know what they're going to write about, and they they kind of come up with a, a premise and sit down and start writing and and crank out fifty thousand words. So, 
Like we were talking before we came on air, there's a book that came out, I think, in the 70s or 80s called The Artist's Way, where she really talks about creating or writing as it's a muscle. I mean, you've just got to just do it and do it and, and, and do it. And if you Absolutely. get used to cranking out the words, even if you just write, I'm cranking out the words, and you write that over and over <laughs> again, so you've written it 1,667 <laughs> times, you are, you're making your brain think about, you know, moving and uh, like any form of exercise. Yeah, yeah. Just it, got it to. really is. It, it, it all comes down to practice. So you, the goal is to write 50,000 words in 30 days. And your book is, I think, 291 pages long, which I'm guessing is It's about 80,000. Oh, it's 80. Okay. About 80,000. I was kind of trying to work out how many it was. So, <laughs> so had you written all of those 80 in November or did you then carry on? Because it was published in January, I think. Is that right? Uh, no, it was published in June. Oh, okay. It, it, it took a while going through all the editing process and, and such. I had written probably about 61,000, 62,000 at the end of the month and then carried on for another couple of weeks and, and finished the story. And then it both grew and shrank during the editing process. Um, there were some scenes that were left out that had to get put in, but there was a lot of stuff that got cut to, to, to get it into the, the finished form. Was it harder to write without that deadline or because you'd done so much you could see the the light at the end of the tunnel and so therefore you were moving towards the light the whole yeah, time? Yeah, I, I had gotten far enough that it, that I had enough momentum to take me to the finish line but otherwise, yeah, it is hard. By by December 1st, you're, you're ready for a break. <laughs> so how does it work? Because you're, you're uploading things the whole time. You, there's a, you're part of a global family that's all doing this and you're all checking, you're seeing the numbers Right, right. Increase it, online. It, you can actually go onto the web page and just update your word count. Typically, when you're you're writing, if you're using Word or something like that, it gives you a word count, so you know how many words you've written. And so every day you go up and you update your word count, so you can see your graph going up and compare it to the line that shows where you need to be. And you, you keep doing that. And then in the last week, NaNoWriMo puts up a verifier. When you think you've crossed the mark, you cut and paste your whole novel into text block on this thing and all it does is count words it says yes you you made 50,000 words or no you didn't make 50,000 words and then it throws it away nothing is ever no, no your novel is never kept on the website it's it's just there to to verify if you're a winner or not and what do you win like what's what's the what's the winning process the, a winning process is when, when you cross that mark there's a, a little pop-up video that shows up that's all of the the NaNoWriMo staff cheering and, and clapping <laughs> um and there's a certificate that you can print out if you want that that says that that you won there are a few special offers from publishers and things like that that are available only to winners but the main thing that you get is a completed draft of your novel well that, i mean as we know that's not the end of the story because then you have to do a lot of editing and people need to read it and so need to add bits and take bits out and fact check and so yeah, there's I, a lot more that comes <laughs> like i say that was a real learning experience with, with this one all, all of the editing steps i did about four passes through it editing it i had about 15 beta readers who gave their input on it and made changes based on that and then learning the whole formatting thing because when you self-publish it you're responsible for all of the steps on the way so cover design and the whole bit so what kind of online support is available after november is this, is this an organization that goes year round it, it does go year round they have a number of events through the year summer writing events they have uh, what they call camp nanowrimo in the summer which are short 
shorter ones, people set their own goals rather than the fixed 50,000. They're a little more social. They also have a young writers program for people under 18 who want to do this. And again, they set their own word goal for it. And they have the, the months after period, which they offer lots of tips and techniques on editing and and where you go from there. So let's talk about what you have organized coming up in Columbia over the next month to celebrate National Novel Writers Month. Okay, well, next week, Thursday, I'll be giving a talk at the Columbia Library, uh, just an hour talk at 7 p.m., providing information on what NaNoWriMo is and, and some tips for writing it. I'll be working with Charlene, the other ML, on, on that one. And then... Uh, That's Charlene Parker. Yeah, Charlene mm-hmm. Parker. And then on Halloween, Tuesday, the 31st at 10 p.m., we will all meet at the Heidelberg for <laughs> two hours of... of socializing uh, liquid encouragement liquid encouragement <laughs> whether that be alcoholic or caffeinated or both um, and uh, costumes are encouraged but not required for that and then at midnight we, we break out the laptops and start writing just there at the Heidelberg they let you stay there and until they close okay. yeah yeah we have the side room reserved so uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll be there and, and if people aren't, aren't done writing there's always the, the um, Broadway diner a few blocks away okay. so you can write all night if you need to and do you take then, the next day off work uh, yeah i'm actually taking the first and second off so i can can try and get ahead and then we have one other major write-in that the columbia library offers on friday november 9th from 6 to 9 p.m which is actually after the library closes they, they do a special after hours write-in for us and provide snacks and and very nice. set up in the reading room and then Every week, Tuesdays from 6 to 9 in the evening, we have write-ins at Coffee Zone uh, on 9th Street. And on every Sunday from 1 to 4, we have write-ins in the reading room at the Columbia Library. Okay. So. And that's not at Ellis Library. That's at Columbia Library. That's Columbia okay, Library. Okay, okay. Yeah. And it's then- been in the Ellis Library before things kind of fell through with getting that organized so we're going to do it in the reading room at the okay. Columbia Library. So you've really got a chance twice a week to get together with your fellow Columbia writers mm-hmm. and see how everyone's doing. Is there much chit-chat or do you just arrive and sit and start writing? There, there's a little chit-chat at the beginning but pretty much people just sit down and start start writing and, and it's three hours of, of solid writing which is great because you can, you can get your day's you know, requirement in, in that three hours. What happens if you just sit down and, and there's just nothing there? You got, oh, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> you've got writer's block. There, there are various things you can do. You know, if, if you're at a hard part in the novel, skip it. Step ahead, write further. You can always go back and get that later. Hmm. Um, if you don't know how you're going to get from point A to point B, start at point B and write backwards. I mean, there, there's always things you can can do if, if you're really stuck and the words just aren't coming out then any research that's come up that that you didn't foresee or have time to do beforehand you know, spend some time doing research too so if somebody is listening and wants thinks okay this is it this is my big chance i've wanted to write a novel my whole life and i am going to do it now how do they get involved at this point two um, weeks out it, the simplest thing is to just go to the website which is www.nanorimo n-a-n-o-w-r-i-m-o uh, mo. Yeah. <laughs> dot org. Um, 
and sign up there. Uh, if they're local here in Columbia, they can pick a home region. They should pick Columbia as their home region. Um, there's information that shows up once you do that. All of the events are listed on the, the regional page and sign up and go. Does it cost anything to sign up? It does not cost a thing. There's no cost to participate. And if you aren't a social person, as many writers aren't, there's no need to go to any of these events. We don't see most of our writers. They Mm. just sit there at home and do their thing. So... Do you know if anyone else in Columbia last year besides you actually produced a novel from the month? Uh, not that I've seen that was participated in NaNo. As far as I know, I'm the only one from last year. Well, congratulations, Art. Well, so, you. can you give us an out? Or do you know? Oh, is it, is it kind of is it bad form to like tell us what's coming this year? Or have you got like a a, a quick synopsis on what sure um, your story might be? This year is a little more overt fantasy. It's kind of women's fiction. It's a intergenerational story of five generations of women living in an isolated village at the north end of the Isle of Skye in Scotland. And um, Do you get to go there? I wish. I want to go there. <laughs> um, and, and kind of the, the end of the, the crofting village is, is kind of a very late Highland clearance. Mm-hmm. And, and the main character's uh, journey to Glasgow and Edinburgh and eventually at the end returning to Skye. But she has fey blood in her. And so there's some fairy influence throughout the story as well and you've been planning this since may yes okay. <laughs> i definitely think a trip to sky is in order yeah it's lovely yeah i, I really <laughs> I, i'm dying to go there so. maybe you need to go after you obviously it's not time to go now between now and, and the month starting but you might need to go and do some fact checking maybe in the spring yeah it's very we, nice. we've actually been thinking about maybe making a trip this summer there <laughs> So National Novel Writing Month, you can go to nanowrimo.org mm-hmm. to get more information. Um, if you are listening elsewhere in the world, no matter, because this is a global uh, opportunity to write your novel or at least crank out 50,000 words between now and the 1st of December, there is still time to sign up. And absolutely, good luck to all the writers out there and especially to you, Art. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> She'll read your next novel too. <laughs> thank you so much to Art Smith. He is the Volunteer Municipal Liaison for National Novel Writing Month here in the Columbia area. We we will wait with bated breath or bated, maybe not breath, bated eyes to, <laughs> to read your novel. Well, well, we'll see. There's no promise that this one's going to be any good, but we'll see. <laughs> You're listening to Speaking of the Arts on 89.5 FM, KOPN Columbia. And after the break, we'll be back with Shauna Johnson from Access Arts to talk about artistic collaborations between artists and some of our well known local residents. Don't go away. Welcome back. And it's very lovely to have Shauna Johnson and Shannon Solder in the studio. Hello, ladies. Hey. Uh, we may be joined by Josh Oxenhandler. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he may or may not turn up depending on his law profession. So I was going to say it kind of feels like this is a bit of a, a, a game of one of these is not like the other because Shauna, you are the executive director of Access Arts and an established ceramic artist. And Shannon, you are on the board of directors for the Columbia Art League and an established oil painter. And then you have a lawyer. But, <laughs> <laughs> but can 
kind of that's the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shauna, your mission at Access Arts is to provide creative learning experiences for everyone from beginners to advanced artists. And last time you were on the show, back in July, we were talking about the Building Community Through Art show at the Mont Mini Gallery, which is kind of exactly what you're doing once again with Celebrity. So tell us what Celebrity, (laughs) C-E-L-E-B-R, capital A-R-T, why? Celebrities with art. (laughs) It's a bit of a mouthful, yes. Um, So you're exactly right. Everything we do is about bringing people together with art making and building that community. And so Celebrity is our annual fundraiser. And what we do, we take people like Josh, who um, are really well-known in the community, but maybe not well-known as artists, uh, per se. And we bring them together and we match them up with folks like Shannon, who are established artists. And uh, those artists provide guidance and mentorship and they make something together and then at the at the end of the process we auction those pieces off and then we actually uh, we get local filmmakers to capture that story as they go from this beginning i'm a lawyer not an artist uh to the finished product to showcase that story of how that all happens and so it's a it's a bit of an endeavor but it's super fun and lots of Lots of interesting stories along the way. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this a national scheme? I noticed that it was a celebrity.com website, but it's kind of defunct. It seems like nothing's been updated since 2009, and it was set up to sell art made by celebrities. So it's kind of a shame that the website has been taken and now isn't being yeah. used. But is this, is this out of your brain, or is this something that we're doing nationally? Well, I honestly don't know if it's being done elsewhere, but we we thought of it on our own. Maybe there's something in the water, but uh, <laughs> we, we cooked it up a few years ago. Some of my board members and I, you know, we wanted to create a signature event that would really embody our mission and, you know, that something that people could look forward to every year. Uh, and so that was uh, this is our fifth year hosting it. And I I think we're starting to get to that point where people are expecting it. It's really fun. Back in 2014, which was year one, it looks like you just had three teams. That's all that's on the website. Maybe there were were more. Well, we had, uh, let me think. I think we had six teams the first year, but we didn't have... Uh, video footage for all of them okay. afterwards. Okay, yeah. so you had Richard King and he was paired with pen and ink artist Mike Sled, mm-hmm. Jonathan Sessions who was paired with printmaker Charlie Thompson, Mizzou basketball player Kim English who was mm-hmm. paired with Jennifer Wiggs and those are the ones that I could see on the website. So so you, this year you have eight teams. Mm-hmm. So what's kind of the trajectory for the event? Like, does it get unwieldy at some point or you're like, no, we can have 20 teams, it doesn't matter? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. You're asking me that event, you're asking me that question you know, less than a week from the event. Right now, I say it's a, it's definitely unwieldy. Um, uh, but no, I think eight is kind of a magic number, you know, because for the night of the event itself, you know, it, it takes a bit of time to show those videos and auction everything off. And I, I think, um, you know, we don't want people 
falling asleep in their chairs by the end of the <laughs> night. So we, we try to keep it, you know, within a couple hours so that people can, can have a good time and, and go home at a decent hour. So Shannon, you are one of the artists who is working with a celebrity. Yes. And when we say celebrity, it's really just like a well-known... <laughs> Finger <artist>. quotes. <laughs> quotes right. yeah. So tell us about your partner and her background. My partner is uh, Cheryl Underschutz. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Underschutz. Uh-huh. Underschutz. And she is the director over at Girls on the Run. So that's kind of her role that she's coming from. Um, and she does have some art background. So that was kind of nice. But Didn't she used to be a kindergarten art teacher? Something like that. She was like an that. art teacher. Yeah. She has a real passion for children, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and learning in that way. So pairing up with her for what I do uh, with the painting, um, she had never oil painted before, so she was really curious and wanting to learn a lot about that. So that was really fun, kind of taking somebody who had a little bit of background just in a different direction and kind of show them what I do and how I kind of think about the process as I do it. So kind of what was the biggest challenge? Um, I think the biggest challenge, as with anything, is just communicating. You know, taking the thoughts out of your own head and really trying to find a way to say it in a way that can be received by somebody else who has their own background and their own set of beliefs or histories and things like that, their own understandings. So it's really kind of that translation of idea. Was was that what you expected going into it? Did you have an idea of what the challenge would be? And then oh, I have boots on the ground, it was kind of different? Um, I think that you always kind of expect a little bit of that, but then the experience of it is completely different every time. So tell us what you created with Cheryl. Um, we created a kind of a diptych situation. They're two different pieces. She painted one, I painted one their companions so taking off of my work which is mostly figurative and kind of the passion for young people and uh, I think with Girls on the Run and Access Arts Mm -hmm. I believe these ideas and these passions pair up really well of giving people anybody the ability to kind of rewrite their story to go from what maybe society or their culture or their family background says this is what you are and this is where you're going to go and opening that up. So that was kind of my idea of where I wanted to take this project with uh, Cheryl in terms of kind of creating a narrative that really married those two and one of the things, I know I'm a big fan of your work, and I have a, an early work by yes. Shannon Sullivan, which I love. And so one of the things that's always in your work is kind of the beautiful gold leaf and mm-hmm. silver leaf. Did you get, did she get to incorporate that too? She did. Yeah, we did. We did um, kind of I play with that and come back to it. I always come back to it. It's those shiny things. Um, <laughs> so we were able to do some of that in these pieces as well. Yeah. Now, uh, Shauna, you are the matchmaker in all of these relationships. <laughs> I mean, is there, are, there, are there people that arrive together? Somebody says, oh, you know, I want, I, can, I, can I work with my friend who's an artist? Or, do, or is it kind of, no, no, I'm going to match you up. It's going to be a blind matching of people that have said they want to be artists and then are celebrities. And does it always work out? Um, there, well, there's, there's some of each, actually. Like this year, our invisible guest, Josh, uh, he actually, when we approached him, he said, yes, I'm in. As long as I get to to work with Kenny Green. I love Kenny Green. I want to make Everybody jewelry. You know, so exactly. <laughs> um, so we do have situations like that, and then we have other people that I sort of 
you know, I think about, you know, their personalities and, and how they might go together and, and what they might have in common. And I, I do kind of play matchmaker. And thankfully, so far, most of them have worked out really well. Um, yeah, but no, it's it's really great to see people with these different backgrounds that probably, you know, maybe never would have even met. Uh, but then you put them together with some art making and they, they go away saying, man, this is like, I'm going to be friends for life with this person. We have so much in mm-hmm. common. And I think that's one of the beautiful kind of unseen things about this project that I really enjoy. Do the non-artists at least get to stipulate what kind of medium they want to work on? Or again, is that completely up yeah, to you? That's, um, that's actually, that's where we start. I say, hey, you know, we, we think you'd be a, a great person. What kind of art would you like to learn? Uh, so they choose their medium and then we match them with an artist who is skilled in that area. Okay, so you start with the the well-known, the non-artist, and then you find an artist to match what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. That way they, you know, the, the celebrity has some preference, you know, about what they might want to learn. It, it It's a, a little easier to get them to commit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice starting point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what is the process, Shannon? When you sit down, you first sit down with Cheryl, so you know that she wants to explore oil because that's mm-hmm. already been brought up. And then, then then, how does it work from there? From there, like we met for coffee and just sat down and really just started brainstorming and comparing different ideas of where I'm coming from with my work in my own practice versus what she's passionate about and kind of finding a place where that can really marry and join up and become something different, hopefully. And so then... It's just, you know, she looked at my work and was very attracted to the gold leaf. So she said, can we do shiny things? And I said, yes, please, let's do shiny things. So so that was kind of our jumping off point from there. And then really just digging into that narrative of what we want to say. And more than just, let's make a pretty picture for this thing. Let's really make an, a project and really collaborate so that was the fun part for me when did this all start when do you first meet up with your partners um let's see here i think we first met back in july i want to say it was the kind of summer okay so not terribly long ago no <laughs> <laughs> once it goes it starts rolling pretty quick how many hours do you think you've done together on this oh gosh that you meet every week no, um, between her schedule and my schedule, and you know, there was some minutes where she's busier, I'm busier. But yeah, the last, I think the last several weeks, it's been probably two, three times a week that we've met working on this. And so she kind of has homework to do in between. She sets off to do something. You give her kind of a task to do. And yeah, then- there was a little bit of that, definitely, because she had a history with art making and that kind of thing. I felt more comfortable. Like, all right, here's. Here's what we're doing, and off you go, and we'll come back and see what happens. So you got a bit of a dream partner, and that you had somebody who actually had bit, a background, yeah. you know. And Josh is a as a painter, I mean, he's been painting with Paul Jackson for years, so he's not really a non-artist. I'd say I'd say Josh Oxenhandler is in the kind of almost in the artist category. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was looking back again on past years and talking about couples. There were some that were kind of surprising, but it was really sweet. Uh, like the one I'm thinking of is Byron Smith mm. watercolor. 
artist yeah. who is super quiet, gentle, thoughtful, kind of introverted, you know, painter. And then you had paired him with Scotty, Scotty Cox, Cox yeah. who is a country music DJ, has to be an extrovert, just uh-huh. out there. And then they discovered that they both love country music and right. they went off to, you know, a beautiful location on the Missouri River and they were painting mm-hmm. watercolors and it was really gentle yeah. and it just seemed like this is not going to work, but it, it did. So. Yeah, yeah, that was one of them. Uh, when we paired them up, I was kind of, it, that was one of those, I'm, I'm not sure, like I'm, I'm hesitant. Um, but, you know, because Scotty, you know, he wanted to do, you know, a landscape, a water watercolor landscape. And I was like, well, Byron is, is really good at this. Let's just put them together and see what happens. And then the first time, I remember I was there, the first time they met, we started off with this kind of hesitant conversation about painting and then they discovered that common ground of country music and they were gone. I was left <laughs> like I'm like I don't know what you're talking about anymore but um they yeah they had so many memories and so many stories of that type of music and concerts they'd gone to and they were they they were, you know, bonded for life from that moment. It was really sweet. So let's talk about who you have for this year's teams. Who who is the who are our um well give them all. Give who are the who are the non artists, the celebrat the celebrities and who are the artists? Uh oh. Um so let's let- <laughs> So I have, well, obviously Josh, we've already mentioned him, and then we have uh, Jacob and Beth Halls, and then we have, let's see, Mike and Rocky Alden, and so both of those couples are working as a couple uh, with their artists. Um, Then we have uh, Cosmo Nick uh, from Y107 in the morning, and Cheryl, as Shannon mentioned. Uh, Let's see, and then we have Tori Stepanek. Who's the meteorologist on KOMU? She was okay. the meteorologist on KOMU. Okay. Yes. <laughs> people not, may know her she's, from that. Yeah, exactly. That's that's where people will know her from, for sure. Um, and then, let's see, we have Aaron Rose and Joe Newberry. So those are our eight celebrities. And Aaron Rose is a realtor. Mm-hmm. And also a DJ, I think. Yeah, he does a lot of uh, live music DJing and uh, fun video stuff, too, actually. And then Joe Newbury is a loans officer at Veterans United. United. So Mm -hmm. people may not necessarily know him from radio or you know TV or things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they might not know his name, but as soon as you say Veterans United, it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, who are the who are the eight artists that you're working with this year? Um, well, we have Shannon here and Kenny Green, who I already mentioned. Um, then we have uh, Chris Heston, who's the woodworker working with the Halls. Um, the Aldens are working with Alec Ramlow and doing pottery. Um, let's see. Cosmos with Lisa Bartlett, who listeners will probably recognize as um, the owner of Artlandish Gallery. And does all of the Roots and Blues exactly. artwork. Yeah, she's the yes, mastermind she's well behind town. all of that. <laughs> and let's see. So Tori Stepanek is working with uh, Scott Shade, and they're doing black and white photography. Aaron is working with Matt Moyer doing metal sculpture they actually made some really big fire pits i'm super excited to see Mm, wow um yeah and then uh, joe newberry is working with michael markham doing also doing metal sculpture so we've got some some three-dimensional pieces this year yeah yeah and then all of the works that are created are auctioned off at your event 
mm-hmm. next week. Yeah. Are they live auctioned or silent auctioned? Live. <laughs> <laughs> That's always nerve-wracking. Very lively. <laughs> yes, we have uh, Scott uh, from Atterbury Auctions. He's going to come. He's fantastic. He's just so much fun. Just a hoot. Just, I love watching him in action. It's going to be great. I love watching American auctioneers in action. They're <laughs> fascinating. Um, so one of the things, well, you touched on it earlier, that I really like about the whole process, and I don't know if this was really the intent from the get-go or it's built, but how there is a third artist involved with this, and it is the filmmaker, mm-hmm. and that each team is followed by uh, their own filmmaker and that Mm -hmm. becomes a little art form in and of itself and that makes it so compelling what was the the thought process behind that it's genius oh it's definitely one of my favorite parts of it so you know the as we were you know brainstorming about this event you know okay you 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 put these people together and they make art and you sell it we knew you know, there, there's going to be this process of, you know, how do you go? Because everyone we envision talking to in terms of celebrities, most of the time when, when we talk to them, <laughs> initially there's this sort of deer in the headlights look. Like, <laughs> oh, I, 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 don't, I, I, don't, I don't do that, you know? <laughs> um, and we knew that was going to happen. And we, we knew we had to be able to show that story of how you go from that to this finished piece for it, it really to resonate with our audience. And um, yes, you're entirely right. The films themselves are their own little works of art. Some of them are, are just brilliant. I love them. And my favorite has to be Richard King and Mike Sleds. <laughs> That was made me laugh out loud in year one. That was just fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, some of them get really funny. Some of them get really, like, uh, intense. And, uh, like, I remember a couple years ago we had Eric Johnson, who's the principal at, at Douglas High School. He did a spoken word part, and Chelsea Myers was his videographer. From and, Tiny Attic Productions. Yes, and... Uh, you know, this was one of those things. I didn't know Eric did spoken word, but he incorporated that and combined it with his black and white photography. And the video is just amazing and makes you go, oh, my God. It was really powerful. I remember that one. Yes. yes. Very, very powerful piece. Yes. And so, you know, you, you go from lighthearted and whimsical to, uh, you know, these heavier social topics and and uh, I think that's what's really amazing about it is that you know we give them this goal we don't we don't say you know we want you to make this specific thing we, we say we want you to make art that's meaningful to you and so all these stories come out and that's really the the beautiful thing of it at what point in the process do they step in like Shannon when you first met with Cheryl was the videographer there to capture that first conversation no um our videographer kind of came in a little bit later because depending on trying to find people to, to work out and the schedules and things like that can take a minute. So Cheryl and I met up initially just by ourselves and then our videographer, Jordan, came in a little bit later. So we kind of held off getting started on the making until he was there, though. Is it intrusive having somebody there or is it like all documentary subjects kind of say they forget that the person is there eventually because they're, they're just there so often filming you? Um no, I wouldn't say it is intrusive at all. Um, it definitely, as you get going and it's set up and kind of forget that it's there a little bit. But also, you know, with the videographer kind of being that third artist, 
it really does feel like a collaboration, at least for me, that's how it felt was, you know, this wasn't just somebody sitting up in the corner, but really engaging. And he was interested in what we were doing and really felt like part of the team versus just somebody there to take some video shots. Do you have any say in the creative process on, on what gets filmed? Do you kind of say, oh, you need to come and film this bit or um, <laughs> leave it up to them? As an artist, I really enjoy leaving it up to them. You know, that's his vision and I have some input and whatnot, but it's very much in my belief for, for me, like I want him to have the freedom to make his own piece and make that something for him. Do you give them direction on how long the video has to be, Shona? Yeah, we, um, we give them a five minute limit. Uh, just for the sake of time, but we tell them they can do any style they want. If they want to do a anime, music video, silent film, I mean, really, any <laughs> anything goes as long as it fits in that time limit. So the, this year, you have um, again, you have uh, uh, Chelsea Myers from Tiny Attic, and she's mm-hmm. following Josh and Kenny Green. Mm-hmm. You have Cosmic Source Johnny Eker. Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yes. Um, whose work I really like, and they're following the halls, Jacob. Beth Halls and that you might know them from they run the SEC Beer Fest and the Convergence Convergence Consulting Group is who they are Mike and Rocky Alden everyone knows Mike Alden I think from Mizzou Mm -hmm. and they've got Jet Ainsworth whose work I don't know following Uh them and then who else have we got we've got Sean Brown from Cat TV he's following Aaron Rose and then you have uh, Carl Busson from Busson Productions also Correct. following. And you have two more. You have Jordan. And then there was another one, I think, who missed, um, who's following then, Tori um, and Tori Scott. Tori is um, George Norman. He, okay. He works over at Mediacom in their uh, filming crew. And then we've also got um, Justin Gregory. Uh, and he's following uh, Nick and Lisa. Okay. Yeah. Now, I noticed also on one of the, because you've got really nice on the website, little web pages on all of the teams. Mm-hmm. And on one of them, uh, it says Commerce Bank sponsor, and it says challenge accepted. <laughs> so <laughs> what was that all about? Uh, well, we, we give the celebrities a bit of a challenge amongst themselves to see which team can help us raise the most money. And so Mike and Rocky really took that to heart. Uh, they they went and got their own team sponsor. Um, nice. Which, yeah, I mean, it was nice. Um, and thank you to Commerce for, for doing so. Um, but then, you know, we also, you know, we have other corporate sponsors that, you know, sponsor the teams or sponsor the event. The other ways they can earn what we call points is, you know, by sharing the event on social media or providing volunteers for the event, you know, selling tickets, getting people to come. Uh, so, all yeah, all the celebrities this year are, are very competitive. <laughs> There's been some trash talking um, behind the scenes. So, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens on Thursday. So tell us about the event. What is the format? Where is it? And how can people get tickets for it? Uh, So it is Thursday, the 25th. It's over at Shepherd's Distributing um, on Halfman Place. I think the number is 1306 Halfman Place. And we have a a cocktail hour where we have Dogmaster cocktails, craft beer provided by Shepherd's. Uh, We also have some kombucha and some coffee from Drinkcraft. And all those beverages get paired with food provided by local chefs. And so we have a a mingle cocktail hour where you can view the artwork, schmooze, you know, those those celebrities can talk up their pieces. 
Uh, and then we have the videos and the live art auction immediately after. And so it all starts at 5.30. Uh, we anticipate wrapping up somewhere around 9. And you can get tickets on our website, schoolofservice.org. There's also a Facebook page or a Facebook event on our page uh, where you can see all the details. The event itself has its own website, which you mentioned, where you can view all the videos from past teams and, and all those uh, team member profiles. And that website is celebsmakeart.com. Okay, so let's make art.com. And when you go there and buy a ticket, you can choose just to buy a ticket generally, or you can choose to support your favorite team. Correct. <laughs> yes. I think it's cost the same amount. It's just which yeah. PayPal button you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. And which which team you get to hit up later for that that favor you're going to cash in, right? So have you are you tracking that? Like, who's in the lead? Can you reveal that? Um, sure, I can. Um, <laughs> they might not like it, but the Aldens right now are in the lead. Uh, they, I think, as of this morning, I think they've sold 29 tickets. Okay. So other other teams, mm-hmm. time to catch up. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. next Thursday at uh, NH Shepherd's Company, and it's the celebrity reveal of the artwork created and the videos. And buy tickets online at celebsmakeart.com or at schoolofservice.org. And tickets cost $25. Thank you so much, mm. Shauna and Shannon. We're going to go straight, I think, into our roundup of events that are happening over the next seven days in and around Columbia. Ladies, thank you very much. You are free to go or free to stay and listen. (laughs) Thank you. So at 5 p.m. this evening, there is a large scale picture banner being unfurled down the side of 700 Cherry Street. And that's the first local WE project, which is a series of portraits of people from marginalized communities. If you fancy some theatre tonight there are a couple of options at Talking Horse Theatre you can see their production of the dark musical Sweeney Todd I saw it last night and it's fantastic Um, the curtain rises at 7.30 tonight and tomorrow with a 2pm matinee on Sunday and tickets are $15 and this is the second of a three weekend run but they are selling out so do make sure you get your tickets at the MU Theatre Department's new Black Box Studio 4 on Hit Street you can see Songs for a New World tonight and tomorrow that show starts at 7.30 tickets are 16 and it is amazing. I saw that last Sunday and I think I'm going to go again this weekend. In Jefferson City, you can see Cabaret and enjoy dinner at Capital City Productions. Tonight at the Blue Note, you can hear New Zealand-born, funkadelic, bass-heavy, electronic artist Opio. That show starts at 8 and tickets are $18. Saturday morning, head over to the Boone History and Culture Centre to hear St. Louis author Angela Mitchell talk about her latest book called Unnatural Habitats and Other Stories, a book about schemas and outcasts the talk is free to attend and it starts at 10 30 in the morning while you're there drop into the mont mini gallery to see the david spear and kelly collier art show in centralia saturday is the annual pumpkin festival from 10 a.m till 7 and saturday evening jabberwocky studios presents the reclaimed voices showcase an evening of art and spoken word poetry by young people who have been in missouri's juvenile justice system that events at the columbia art league from six till nine and is free and open to all at Rose Park on Saturday night, there is a Tom Petty birthday bash with Sean Cannon's voodoo players and 
Tanali Band kicking off at 8 p.m. for a $7 entry fee. Sunday evening at the Blue Note, you can hear the Colorado-based progressive bluegrass Yonder Mountain Spring String Band. Their show starts at 8 and tickets are $30. Monday evening, Cafe Berlin welcomes alt-legendary Japanese all-girl band Tsushima Mire. They'll be appearing with the Many Colored Death and that show starts at 9. Tuesday morning at 10 a.m., you can hear collector Bradley Meineke talk about his art in miniature collection at the Columbia College Galleries. And Tuesday evening, the University Concert Series welcomes a room full of teeth to the Missouri Theatre. This Grammy-winning eight-voice ensemble presents vocal traditions from around the world and tickets are $28. On Wednesday and Thursday morning, you can hop aboard the Katy Trail Full Colors Tram Tour, which makes a two-hour round trip from Rocheport to McBain. The riders, the rides are free of charge, but with a donation suggestion of $5. Wednesday evening, the Rose Comedy Club's monthly showcase, Pints and Punchlines, hosted by Rob Harris and Clayton Missler, takes the stage at Rose Music Hall at 9 for a $2 cover charge. Thursday evening, as you heard earlier, is Celebrity Night, an art auction fundraiser for Access Arts, with the art being made by local artisans in conjunction with some well-known local denizens. That event takes place at NH Shepherd's Distributing Company from 5.30 till about 9. Tickets cost $25 and it all supports Access Arts. Also on Thursday evening, author Joanna Luloff will discuss her debut novel, Remind Me Again What Happened at Skylark Bookshop. And that starts at 7. You've been listening to Speaking of the Arts on 89.5 FM KOPN Columbia with me, Diana Moxon, and my good friend and sound engineer, Mike Hagan. I'll be back next week with more news, views, and interviews at the Arts in Mid-Missouri. Stay arty, Columbia.